Hey, welcome to the Unhinged Biz Podcast. So you're in for a wild ride. We have one of my closest biz besties on the uh, podcast today. And Devin is somebody that it's pretty obvious when you listen that I could talk to for hours. Luckily, I, you know, I did not make you sit through that. But we cover so many things like the diversity of this conversation is really why it's so much fun. I want you to feel like open to where this conversation goes because we start out talking about, you know, offers and Dubsado and like systems and things like that. And we really get into a space where we're talking about why we do the things that we do and how to not attach so much to the reactions that uh, people have to our work. So listen in, connect with Devin afterwards, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Yay. Okay. So Devin, I know that I know you, I feel like I've met you in person. Is that weird to say? I feel the same I feel way. Like I know you. Yeah. I feel like I've known you. Well, I have known you for a while now, but like, I feel like I have met you in real life. We've gone to get drinks. We've had brunch. <laughs> like <laughs> I say this to all my like biz besties. Like, I think we've talked about this. Like, it's crazy to me that until I asked you, like, I didn't know how tall you were. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's weird oh to gosh. me. Yes. No, you're so right because you have like for everybody that I know in this like weird disjointed capacity, I have this vision of like what everyone's house looks like and like what they're, I I don't know, like, yeah, just what they look like. Usually you only see from like the boobs up, but it's just like so bananas to imagine. And then to tell myself, oh, I actually don't. I actually don't know what you smell like or like, you know, anything like that. It's just fucking weird. Yeah. It's I weird. Just, it's, I, um, during COVID is of course I made all these like business connections over zoom and then I would meet yeah. people in real life and be like, Oh my God, you're so much taller than me. I had no idea because of the angle of your camera made you look short. Like it's just this new world we're living in. Am I right? <laughs> I think that is one of the coolest things about it's like when you read a novel and you like imagine what the characters look like and then you see the movie and you're like oh that's not what I was thinking or you know um it's like that but I feel like you so rarely get to actually interact with people in real life and and luckily I mean who, who knows what could happen but like that could be a thing one day and I've met people from my online world in real life and it has been amazing like it has been so much fun that I want to do it more and I know you and I talked about doing like a retreat one time and that could still be a thing um in the future but I just I just know that when I have these like stories in my head of how I like the relationships I have with people and then you actually get to bring them to life it's just like I don't know. It hits different in a great way for me. Well, it's also Have you met people wild. in real life. Yeah, I've well speak of the devil. 
I met Jocelyn in real life in Denver. Oh, that's we were just right. Talking about her before we hit record, that. and I feel like yeah. I've met a few other people. I know I'll meet you eventually. Carrie Ginsburg is another person where I'm like, I will at some point like be in the same room with you, hugging yeah. you. Um, and you yes. know what's? And I, I think we've talked about this before too. Like the other thing to me that is crazy is that like some like you know you're closer to me than some of my close friends because there are seasons where i talk to you every single day for like three months at a time and we know each other really well because of that and also you know like this piece of me about my business like my friends do not give a shit about i mean they do in a polite way but i'm like they don't really give a fuck you know like my no, friends must be so boring to them and so like i can be close to you and yeah. i'm not close to my normie friends and vice versa like i don't really care about other people's jobs if i don't understand them <laughs> you know like i don't i'm i'm thinking of like my childhood best friend she does something she's she's a therapist of some kind and she like always tells me about her job and I'm always like yeah that person sucks <laughs> you know and then I if somebody were to ask me what she did I would be like she uh-huh. works in a hospital that's all I would know <laughs> and and that's that's the way it sounds like I always tell I always tell my husband I'm like you might as well be speaking Japanese I have no idea what you're saying to me but that's how it feels when we're explaining what we do to people who are not, you know, in the same industry or adjacent, you know, and I think that's kind of awesome because it's really fun to have, it's like a secret, secret society, like a secret language. Um, I think it's awesome to have that. It makes me feel like this is just mine and, you know, and then I can share it with people that get it. And then disconnect from that and then like be in my normal life too um so it's like a weird but as long as you have a community if you don't really have a community or like a or a person it is lonely as fuck like truly I don't know how one could do a job like ours without community well a because I mean that's how you get referrals but also Mm -hmm. like I like I bounce so much stuff off of you and other people in my circle like and just yeah just the emotional support like I don't I don't know yeah that would be lonely I don't even know what that would be like I would not know you couldn't (laughs) it would be tragic and I have lived a life of I've been a stay-at-home mom before (laughs) with an infant and that's the loneliest I've ever been so if it's anything like that. Oh, look out for those people. Like look for people who don't have community and check on them because they need it. They need someone to just be like, I have this thing and like, I just need to get it out and then, you know, get some kind of like feedback on it. Um, the, yeah, the value of like a handful of Voxer friends is, priceless it truly like I don't know but then you know you can get that with well let's just get into it you can get that with like masterminds and like groups and like all these things but then I don't know what has been your experience with 
I think you said you've been in some like networking groups and you, I, I know you and I were in the same like group coaching program. So what has been your experience with that? Like, what do you feel like you have gotten out of them? Um, yeah. and I know they're not all created equal, obviously, but I'm yeah. curious. That's a good question. It's really been, if it's the right group, like the group we met in, that's mm-hmm. like all of our biz besties are from that group specifically. Like that oh, was really, and honestly, I think that was like the season. Like, I think True. if we had joined earlier or later, maybe wouldn't have been so gold. So groups like that, it's know. like the best for my business, the best for my emotional support needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes this is happening to me a few times. I'll join a networking group or I'll join a mastermind. And I'm just like, the sauce isn't there. The vibes yeah. are not there for me. And I'm like, what am I getting out of this? Like, yeah. And so I don't know. I think I, I'm also an uh, extra a hyper extrovert and like networking like that I really lean into that so I'm always trying new ones but I have really learned like if I don't feel the connection immediately or sometimes I'll join a networking group this happened actually one of the ones I'm in I joined this networking group immediately got my most amazing client and then have not really gotten anything out of it since and I'm like that's okay maybe like I just was gonna get the one client and pay for itself and you know, so I don't know. I like trying them. I like trying them all. <laughs> Have you ever quit a group that you were in, like because you were just like, "This is not the vibe," or like when you were saying that the sauce was missing in my in my brain, I was like, "Oh, it needs salt." Like when you taste something and you're like, "This is something's off about this. It needs salt because it's like missing flavor." Um, because yeah, I've definitely been in situations even with like just random people I've had coffee chats with I'm like there there's no salt um and you have to just kind of be like eh, it's not for me um but yeah have you ever like left because you're just not connecting with it or um I never like officially leave but there have been multiple programs Um where I just completely stopped participating. There's one that I paid a lot for that you probably can guess without me saying it out loud that I paid for that's a year long that like a few months in, I completely stopped engaging and it was so hard. But you know what? Another thing that happens is when I'm in these groups, there's always, I always make at least a few buddies along the way. And then we on Voxer, this is like one of my like shout out to gossip you know gossip gets a bad rap i think like podcasts like normal gossip is like rebranding but it's something where i like will vox or a friend in the group and be like i'm having this really negative experience and they'll be like oh my god me too and also did you notice this and i'll be like oh my god you're right and so from there you know we will be like okay it's not me it's the program this is a shared experience now I can like kind of let go and kind of remove myself from the like sunk cost fallacy a lot easier. And then me and Matt buddy grow closer because talking shit always makes you closer with someone, unfortunately. <laughs> I yesterday I had to cancel my hair appointment because I was like, I honestly just have too much work to do. And she was like, No problem. If you have like if there's anything I can do, let me know. And I was like, if you know of a job where I can watch TV and talk shit 
please let me know. That's how you can help me. Cause that's what I want to get paid to do. Um, that is a job. It's called being a YouTuber reaction videos, which I love. And that's why I watch a lot of movies. You do just by watching someone else watch them. Yes. Because there are so many movies that like, I don't want to sit down and watch the whole thing, but a 20 minute Mm. summary via my like hilarious parasocial friend i'll do that okay okay i will look into that once i am reaching all the goals that i have here i'm gonna um i'm gonna be moving forward with watching shows and just doing my own commentary i used to watch dvds with the like actor commentary over the top or like do you remember when there would be yeah like do you remember like the bonus features of a dvd and sometimes there would be like director and like the main characters would do a commentary over the video or over the movie so you could watch because you already know what the movie is about you've watched it a hundred times and so you can watch but then they would be like oh my god do you remember when you fell when we filmed this and I'd be like oh my god you know I can imagine myself doing that but just with my own opinion not being in the actual movie um I'm gonna send okay, you my so... YouTube channels for inspo <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> I never have enough to do Please, I would love to watch. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so back to I totally derailed this, but back to what you were saying about like some groups are. I I really believe like some groups you are just meant to find your friend and move on. <laughs> You're not necessarily meant to like. I I don't know if you've done this, but I've definitely joined programs or, um, uh, you know, courses that have a community aspect specifically for the community, because I'm like, I don't really care about the content of the thing. Like I'll get to that if I ever need it, but I want to be in the group because I want to see who's in it. And, and if any of those people like speak to me and feel, um, like on a, (laughs) on a level of like, connection um I want to know who I'm supposed to meet I guess um so yeah that's been a motivator for me to join a lot of of groups but like I don't really care about what's inside the program that's, that's my main oh, motivator for joining group programs because when I want to learn something I I'm better one-on-one like I want that one-on-one coaching teacher's mm. pet style so if I'm joining a group program it's pretty much to network um actually it's yeah. so funny the, the person I was chatting with just before you and I got on she invited me to this mastermind coaching da, 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 da. it's like three days in Phoenix and then three months of coaching and it's pretty expensive and but she was like look the coaching I don't even use the coaching I have gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business and I was like "Ooh, that sounds pretty good I know yes exactly jaw dropping I so now I'm That's considering it because the thing is like uh, one of the, one of the things I think happens when I join a networking group is there's like a mix of people like there's not really a whole lot of mm. 
you can't the people who run networking groups it's understandable that they can't vet everyone but sometimes i'm in networking groups where people are like just starting out and i'm like i'm here for my referral partners and ideal clients but if someone mm -hmm. is in an expensive group program that say my ideal client can afford like yep it, you know if, if I get one client, it pays for itself. So I don't know. I got to make some decisions about uh, some something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it can be. I think one of the things that I did early on that I don't regret doing, but I also, I, I probably could have been <laughs> smarter about these things, but I just bought so many <laughs> seats in things so that I, I could get this. in front of people like I know I've talked to you about this because you are my more <laughs> financially responsible half and I'll I'll run things by you because I'm like Devin tell me I don't need to buy this um but I think like I I I, I definitely don't think that there are mistakes like I think that you can buy things and then you're like all right well I didn't get out of that what I thought and like I'm gonna I'm gonna bless and release that and um just be fine with it or it can uh paper itself in like an unexpected way so like you know I could be like I was in a group program where we met met a ton of cool people and like refer they have referred me or purchased from me um so many times over and it's just it's extremely powerful but you just don't know before you do it you don't know how it's going to pan out so like taking that <laughs> um if you want to look at it as a risk great but like taking that step of like oh I'm gonna make this back I believe money comes back to you but like when is it that's who's to say you know well, you I never always know say like everything is information like everything's a lesson just some lessons yes. are more expensive than others mm. and so I think I try and tell myself like like the thing I'm considering joining uh, coming up I think it costs mm -hmm. like it costs four figures to join. And so I have okay. to, what I always tell myself is if it's a bus and I lose that four figures, will my business go over? Well, we'll see how much money I make this month. You know, like if I can swing it and it won't put me in the hole, maybe I'll try it and see what happens. Like you just don't know. And I think like, I mean, we have like we have to take risks but we have to take calculated risks yeah. like i'm tired like so that's the balance like i don't want to be stupid with money but also like you have to you gotta crack a few eggs you know yeah one of the things that you said on your form um like to schedule this um interview was that every time you go on vacation you're like this was a bad financial decision but then you end up making money while you're gone or like right after or whatever and it ends up working out so maybe we could treat every big <laughs> decision we make as if we're going to Japan and on a vacation. That's not a bad idea. It happened again. I just, just went to Montana and I made money. Went to oh. Montana. I'm so jealous. That's my favorite place in the whole country. I've never been. Okay. This is gorgeous. I gotta tell you. I mean, it's not a story. I'll say it in one sentence. The reason okay. we my family went there is to visit my brother who moved there last okay. year to be with his 
cool friend that he met on Twitch. Okay. Exactly. And she's amazing. She like just mm. like when we arrived, she she like came home from taking the bar. And we're right. And I'm like, brother, how did you this girl's amazing? Anyway, so now that's how I know it's an eight hour drive from Portland to Montana to Missoula. Oh, oh okay. Go every now. Okay, anyways, shout out Montana. <laughs> Shout out to Montana. And I went in August of 2020 and it was, it was tops. Let me tell you, because it was like 40 degrees at night and 80 during the day. And if you live in Texas or really anywhere in the South of the country, you want to peel off your skin during the month of August. So Montana is where it's at. Is Montana where we're going to meet in person? I would love it. We went to Yellowstone and I can't stop talking about it. People who know me in real life are tired of me talking about my trip to Yellowstone. It was the best. It was so fun. Okay. That's where our retreat should be. I I rented a tiny house like outside of the um, park. It was like 20 minutes away from the entrance um, to the... um, national park and so it was like a little bit of a drive uh, but it was so so gorgeous I, I I okay well I I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all hot and bothered about Montana and Yellowstone but um I just loved it I loved it <laughs> I guess 2024 you heard oh. it here first honestly I, I'm ready I'm I love it I love it there so much um Okay. I would love to know. So like the main point of this podcast that I am really trying to draw out of people is like, what is something that you would consider is unhinged that you've done in your business or, or something that has maybe been, (laughs) been frowned upon or like something that someone said you shouldn't do or something that goes against like everything that is considered normal or whatever. What is something that you're doing? That's a little wacky that really feels right for you and is working. Okay. I recently unniched. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. I feel like, so for about a year, I, I niched hard into Dubsado setups and I love Dubsado and I still do them. If you need Dubsado setup, hit me up. Um, but without getting into it, like Dubsado VIP days was not working for my business anymore. So I did the thing they say never to do. Everyone's saying niche down. I say niche down, truly. But I unniched and it was just like, I'm a system strategist, general, tool agnostic. Um, mm. It's made co- writing copy really hard. It's made, you know, writing emails and my website really hard. Um, and it's been the best thing ever for my business. Like it has been popping off, dude. Um, and I think, I think the reason it's working is because through that, maybe this is, I am still niching. I discovered what kind of clients I'm working with, like what stage of business. And I think honing on on that has been the key. Um, and I don't think it'll stay like this forever. This nebulous, 
what am I even doing forever? I think I will, after a few months of doing these projects, kind of settle into this is what people are coming to me for. This is the type of projects I'm doing. These are the tools I'm the best at and people are coming. But I feel like we were talking about this last night, like the guidance I got yeah. when I decided to unleash was like, you have to have really specific offers so that you can write the messaging around them. And I was like, I don't fucking know what people want. I have no idea until I like throw shit yeah. into the wind and see what people respond to. Um, and that felt really terrifying and I can't believe it worked. <laughs> I can because you're so much more excited about talking about so like when we talked about this last night which made everything so clear to me because we haven't really talked about like business stuff in a while so that it made it so obvious to me that you were so pumped on like what do you have going on let's get me and my my Virgo all over it so that I can clear away like what is not working for you and I will just create a totally custom solution that you are actually going to use because that's the other kind of like that's my resistance to systems a lot of the time is like I don't think I'm going to use it if like if I go to somebody who's like I will set you up with xyz thing I'm like I don't know I mean I don't care about like, you know, I just want it to be fun to use and easy to use. And so if I, if I'm going to seek out a solution, but I don't know what the solution is, I'm going to seek out somebody who's like, I will take care of you. It's like going to the hairstylist and being like, what do you think would look good on my head? Great. That's what you do. And I trust you. Yeah, which is which is what I always say to my hairstylist. My dream is to be, you know, the beginning of America's Next Top Model, where they give them all extreme makeovers and everyone cries because they're so attached to their hair. I'm like, for the love of God, if someone could just tell me what looks good on my head, I will pay you whatever you want. I have no idea. So yeah, I love that metaphor. Exactly. That's what I would love to offer. Oh my God, that's mm -hmm. a good all extreme. Right. I'm going to make an email out of that. <laughs> extreme makeover. Yes. Extreme makeover. It's like the Princess Diaries makeover. Um, yeah. where you just you see because that's the thing that you're paying for as a client, like paying you. I'm paying somebody who knows all of the tech shit and what exists. I'm paying for their knowledge and their skill to set me up. Even like, so my husband has this happened to him often where he has been, he's worked on cars for 16 years. He has so much experience. He can, he can hear a sound in a car and be like, Oh, I know what it is. And he can fix it in, you know, 15 minutes, whatever it is, but he can fix it really fast. But then they charge whatever like rate is um, there's like flat rates for each type of service. So they charge for a flat rate. And then sometimes a client will be like, well, it only, I've only been here for an hour and you're charging me for, or no, I've only been here waiting for like an hour, but you are charging me for three hours. And he's like, you're not paying for the time you're paying for yeah. my knowledge and my expertise. It has nothing to do with how long it takes me. Because if you want to go to somebody who's going to do um, a slower job or a poorer job, poorer, um, 
that's fine. You have that option, but you came here because you know that I'm going to take care of it and it's going to be right the first time. So when you're going to somebody who is willing to create a completely custom system for you based on their knowledge of all the shit that you don't have time to like worry about. Yeah. You're going to pay for it and you're going to never have to pay someone else again, probably, or, you know, your next system, you, you already know what to, who to go to because you it's a proven, it's proven that it's going to help you. The, uh, the version of this metaphor that I learned in art school is it might take me five minutes to draw you a chicken, but what you're paying for is the 20 years I spent studying chickens, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And that's to, to your point. That's why I am really loving doing things project-based instead of hourly Mm. because if I am feeling like I'm going slowly because I'm tired today, or I want to spend an extra three hours like researching how to solve a problem, mm. I don't want to have to wonder like, do I charge for this hour? Do I not? Likewise, I move so quickly. I am so motherfucking fast, and I don't want to be penalized for doing such a good job. Exactly. <laughs> you, yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to make less money because you're fast. Um, then where's the motivation that you might as well just have a regular job (laughs) if you're going to do that because you know, like, okay. So you said something that made me think of something else and now it's gone. Hmm. But yeah, I, okay. I really like, oh no, we were talking about the niching, but the chicken, the chicken metaphor, I, I have, yeah, I've definitely heard something similar to that. And I agree. And that's what people just need to accept because we could go on and on about that, but it's just so much more valuable to just pay somebody who's going to do it right the first time. And like, who fucking knows what they're doing. Um, so you were talking about how you unniched and I would, I would argue that you just, yeah, re-niched or like pivoted your niche because I, there's, I guess there are different points of view on this, but I think one way to niche is the industry that you serve. Another way could be the level of income that your clients are uh, achieving right now. Another one could be like, if they have, you know, certain values or whatever, like it could just be so specific, as specific as you want. Um, And you can pick from like a little menu of different, you know, things that, are qualifiers for people that you really want to help, um, and work with. So yeah, I would say that you just like changed your niche and, um, and change your focus. Cause you still do Dubs Auto, you know, um, you're just more holistic in the symptoms systems. (laughs) In the, uh, symbiosis. No, that's not the word either in the symphony of systems. Symphony. Oh. oh my gosh, I really like that. I really like that. Um okay, Maybe yeah. So was there episode. anything? Do what? Maybe that's the name of this episode. Symphony of Systems. <laughs> no, just you name it. Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm gonna name it. I haven't I, I feel like it's like an email subject, like it's just going to present itself at the end. 
Yes. Um, I'm just going to have to, you know, decide what it is. I'm looking at your survey really fast so that I can pull out like other stuff that I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that I really liked was something else about the, cause I asked what is something that's, you know, unhinged that you tried and ended up working out. So another thing that you were mentioning in here was <laughs> starting a business in the first place <laughs> seemed like an unhinged decision, which I would, I would agree, um, for is probably true for most people. Yeah. If I had any idea. So my first business, for those who don't know, my first business, I was a mm. professional organizer and yeah. it was one of those circumstances where like a, uh, diamonds are made from extreme pressure type of situation where I was like, yeah, without getting into it. But, um, I would never have started a business if I knew what went into it. And well, I also did yeah. know what went into it. Cause I, what goes into it. I, I have a degree of my business. Sorry. What are words? My degree is in the business of art and design. I went to art school for business and my senior year thesis was entrepreneurship. So I like wrote a business plan. It was actually cool. It was like, a, what was my business idea? A Greek myth, myth themed ice cream truck that would go to festivals called Dionysus Isis. I know. And like, instead of the regular, like ice cream truck jingle, it would like play like Led Zeppelin and shit that hippies like, you know, Yeah. but anyways, I remember after I finished that and I like did all of the, wrote the business plan, I was like, there's no way I could be comfortable enough with risk mm. to run a business. Like there are so many unknowns, but then 10 ish years later, circumstances led to me starting a business and thank God I did not realize what it would take because I just had to like do there's like the full first year mm -hmm. of business I would go to bed every night freaking the fuck out and yep. falling asleep by like soothing myself like this is just what we're doing now this is just what's happening and like you just have to figure it out <laughs> yep I don't know if this happens to anyone else but hopefully this is relatable for somebody um I would say at least three days out of the week, I will wake up at, you know, to my alarm or whatever. And I will think I'm never going to make another dollar. Like <laughs> I will just think nothing is going right. And it is, I will just start panicking. And then once I get up, start moving around and like, I don't know, just moving around seems to get all of that weird energy like out of my limbs and then and then I'm like oh I'm fine actually it's great and then I like look at my email and then stuff starts to starts to be in motion and then I'm like oh I was wrong and then the next day uh we start over <laughs> so yeah I don't know do you do you still have that happen to you or are you like fine off and on because, especially because I've kind of pivoted my business a few different times this past year, it's made my income yeah. less steady, steady than it's usually been. And so there are months where I'll make like awesome money and be like, great, this is my new normal. And then the next month we completely yeah. buy it. And so now when I make 
awesome money, I've learned like, okay, this is great, but I don't know how long this money is going to need to last me. So I'm more realistic, I think. And then the months I don't make money, I'm like, okay, that's just this month. So I've kind of gotten more used to it. But I think also like really to do this job I get is like, you kind of, sometimes you have to ignore certain things. Like, <laughs> did you see the, uh, did you see the Kanye West documentary that came out last year? No. It's, first of all, so good. Highly recommend. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's really good for many reasons. One is you see how he began and then you saw him kind of morph into what he is today, which is its own thing. But one of the things they show, I mean, it's this guy who he knew since he was a teenager who literally just filmed him doing everything before, way before he was famous. And so you see okay. him, he, I'm trying to remember, it's something like he gets signed to a record label, but the record label like does not take him seriously at all because at the time everyone was like a gangster rapper and he was kind of nerdy mm. and everyone liked him because he was a good producer, but no one took him serious as a rapper. Like every day he'd come into the office and just like put his CD on in the middle of the office and like rap at like the secretary. And you could tell everyone was completely ignoring him. You could tell he just did that every day. And like, I, I, I have concerns about stories like that because there are, you know, however many millions of actors in Hollywood who are like, I just have to believe in myself for 20 more years. It happened to so-and-so. And like, it, like, it's not happening for most people. Like, we don't really hear the stories of failure. But what I take away from that is yeah. like, in order to be amazing, I have to have Kanye West level of delusion yeah, I, I have to believe in myself, even when there is literally no evidence, when no one is buying my offers, when I'm getting no emails, I have to just believe like, oh, they just don't yet see my genius. And um, if I'm wrong, well, I'll run out of money eventually, but I haven't been wrong quite yet. So anyways, so that's what I think about that. <laughs> No, I think that you need to be, you need to have delusion in order to be successful in whatever it is you want to be successful in. Um, and I think once you embrace the Delulu, you are, you're on the right path. <laughs> like right. I really, I really think so. And, and if you start, this isn't like a qualifier for for getting what you want. But I think for some people, me included, it is so helpful if you don't have a plan B when you start, yes. because it forces you to just, I guess it doesn't force you, but it is, very, it's, it makes it a lot easier to be like, this has to work and I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that it's working and it's also like serving me in the way that I'm that that I'm not going to regret this choice <laughs> because a lot of um a lot of the time you know some people are really successful by starting a um side hustle and then like growing it and I think that that for I think for certain personalities that works really well but if I was doing a side hustle I would forget about it probably, yeah. or I would start being really shit at my normal job because I would just be obsessed with the side, you know? So it would be like, I can't do two. I have to just, <laughs> I'm either obsessed or I'm bored and <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, and I, but yeah. And I think there is something to say, like, 
when you have some sort of like steadiness somewhere in your life it does kind of lower your nervous system so then you can like do better in your business but i think it depends on the type of person but to what you're saying the best metaphor i heard for that is um like i mean i don't know if everyone had this friend in their 20s or even today like in my college years you always had a friend who was like broke as fuck all the time but also smoked cigarettes and cigarettes Mm. are really expensive but like Mm. they always would find money for cigarettes like maybe they couldn't quite make rent but like you know they were gonna fucking find money for cigarettes and so it's one of those things Mm. where like if you need the money for something like it's just what's your tolerance level i guess for need is kind of what it comes down to Hmm. yeah like you will find the money for the things that really matter and i think too when you don't have a lot that really shows you what matters to you and <laughs> you're like okay i have to decide um and that's yeah i really like that i really like that because it's 100 percent true like you will it's kind of like you find out who your friends are type of thing, but you find out what your cigarettes are in you that time of cigarette. like what really matters. Yeah. yeah. Like what really matters. Um, I, yeah. I, what, do you think that <laughs> you're an Enneagram lover? So share with me about this. Do you think that that has anything to do with how people approach their business or like how it has everything to do with how they approach their business <laughs> I know that was a trick question I know it does but yeah. I just don't know how <laughs> the Enneagram is everything okay well so how it relates to me so I am an Enneagram seven and so for me my motivation in business is like well first of all I want full autonomy so like I really struggle having a boss or a worker that's not true I have great coworkers, but if they are impeding my ability to do my job well, like I cannot, I just cannot. So having my own business really flexes my autonomy muscle. Um, And also sevens are the fun type. So like I'm trying to be on vacation as much as possible. So like I need a flexible schedule. I need like good income. And, you know, and that's another reason why I'm obsessed with systems, especially automations. Like, I'm not trying to work more than I need to. So I'm trying to have all my shit together. Um, For another example, oh, I should probably back up. If someone does not know what the Enneagram is, it's a personality typing. There's nine types. It's based on motivation. Okay, you're all caught up. Um, What's interesting is a lot. So uh ones are the uh reformer the perfectionist they're very black and white they're very organized most systems people are type ones like me mm-hmm. or i'm a systems person i'm not a type one um because they are very orderly they get shit organized and like that's what motivates them um type two the helper they are motivated by helping other people so their business those are the type of business owners who are way overbooked they're underpricing themselves they are giving way too much away they can't say no to their clients they have no boundaries that's what they need to work on i could go through the whole enneagram but i think if you don't give a shit about the enneagram what you can think about is like what motivates you and have that kind of be your north star of like this is why i have my business or this is what i need to work on in my business so yeah, we can go crazy. With yeah. 
I mean, that that would be fine. And maybe that's another episode, a separate one of just um, Enneagram goodness. Cause it, it, like, I, I appreciate and love um, what I learn from personality test type things. Like, you know, you introduced me to human design. That, that's, a, that's our next, that's our next subject. Um, because that has been really eye-opening for me, but um, Enneagram is very like a couple people I've had take the test. I've like told them, Oh, go take it. Like, tell me where it is. And a couple people have been very upset with their results. One person in particular was my mother. <laughs> very upset. I have explanations <laughs> for this, but can finish your story. And I was like, I think you're just framing it in a way that makes you feel like it's a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing because, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I won't say what she said um, about it, but she was just not, she was like, this does not make me look good. And I was like, that's not the point of it. It's not supposed to make you look good. It's supposed to show you like, here's how you um, approach situations. And like, here's what your, uh, like your room to grow area or, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so like your challenges and your strengths. Um, and I just, I was one of those people too. I was like, cause I'm, I, I think I'm a six. I've taken the test and I was like the name or like the, I don't know what to call it, but it's the loyalist. And I was like, Oh, I can't think of anything worse than being a loyalist. Like I don't, I'm so bad at committing to things because I just like my, my default mode is free play. I just want to be in free play all the time. And so I, I was very like triggered by being called a loyalist because I don't want to be tied down to anything. And it's very weird that I have a mortgage, a child and a husband. Like, it's so weird to me that I have all yeah, that so stuff. All I'm just so flighty. <laughs> But you know what is when you were saying like, you need some kind of um, like steadiness in your life in order for that other, like, you know, the duality to work. I think that's why, um, I think that's why that stuff is okay with me having all those things, because then in this business, I'm just kind of like, let's fuck around and find out. And then that's like where I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> well, also, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts. Well, I'll say this like the way your sixness I think shows up in business so sixes are like they need a lot of security and what I have noticed with sixes before is sixes are the type of business owner who might hire too many team members because they want to make sure like they're good or they might purchase too many services and group programs jennifer's looking around who me i don't know who that would that's i don't so know what that is that. there's also like different names for the type depending on who's talking about it so another name mm. for the thing is the skeptic and so that's why often sixes are like that's not me it's because they're so skeptical most comedians are sixes because they're like just talking shit about life um and i also want to mm. say in regards to your mother um, you know, you've really figured out your Enneagram type. If you read the, um, uh, the description and you are embarrassed. Mm, yeah. And that's, and cause that's, that's, I think what it was. And I was like, 
in my mind, I'm like, well, that's actually, those are good qualities to have because you don't just let things happen. You like stand up for yourself when you really believe in something. Um, cause she was, she's an eight. Um, and so she was just like, I feel like that makes me sound, I, I feel like it makes me sound like so mean. And I was like, no, I, that I, to me, I'm reading it as like, if you truly believe in something, you're going to stand up for that person or you're going to stand up for yourself or whoever, like the group is that is being, you know, um, treated poorly or whatever. And I think that's a good, that's a good quality, but she was just like, it sounds so mean. I'm like, yeah, sometimes you gotta be mean. (laughs) It can be mean. That's, that's also real. Like that's a thing. So wow. Your mom's an eight. Interesting. My mom's a six. I know we've had that conversation. I really, I really resonated with your mom when you told the Disneyland story. Um, about like how she would create an itinerary that you would like, like a structure for how to spend the day to get the most out of the day. That's exactly what I do with every trip, because I'm like, I want to make sure that we are getting our time's worth. And like, we're not just frolicking around and like wasting our time. Um, I don't care as much about like wasting our money. That doesn't really like that doesn't really affect me as much. I really don't want to, cause we, we can make more money. Money is to be made. Time goes away. Poof. It's gone. And so yeah. I want to make sure that we are like living it to the fullest. Um, so that story made so much sense to me. And I thought that was so weird. So what do you have to say about this? Because I thought it was so weird that you weren't the one making the schedule because you are way more like organized and stuff. So what is going on there? Well, you also you have to understand, like when she was making this strict schedule, I'm like six. So I'm well, like okay. <laughs> but would you but, do that now, I guess? Well, that was the lesson for me. Now oh. I plan that's why have I shown you my notion project for all my international <gasps> trips? Like Okay, I, you know what? You did. You yes. showed me the Japan one. The fuck? I'm doing a Mexico City one right now. We've already had our first meeting. Ooh. I plan the fuck out of everything because I'm like, y'all, I'm squeezing the most fun in. And so this is where my sevenness comes into play. Um, this, like, the way, what am I trying to say? I have issues sometimes in my social life because I'm trying to make solid plans with people to ensure that I'm having fun at all times. And something that mm-hmm. I did. I literally did not realize until this year, because most of my friends, most people, I think, I don't know, most of my friends, like, they make plans for Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Wednesday when they're done with work. And, exactly. And I'm like, I got to make plans ahead of time. And what I realized is when you make plans last minute, you, what am I trying to say? The person who who I was talking to this about says, yeah, I'm not an extrovert like you. So I, if I feel like hanging out today, I'll text everyone and they might not be available. And I, to me, the idea that I have no plans for Wednesday because I didn't plan ahead, like I cannot deal. But via therapy, I'm learning to deal because my friends can't plan ahead. And so like, mm. even though it's very, it's so structured for me, it's all about like, I cannot have a moment of boredom. I have to have fun. And like, that's, you know, <laughs> that's my edge of growth. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think, okay, so what it, what would it, it, do you ever like schedule your fun to be alone or like, you know, do something by yourself? Like, is that, would that fulfill that fun need or would it have to be going out or doing something like having people involved? So when I was single, I totally started planning more fun things. Actually, so have you ever heard of the book um, Oasis Day, How a Day Off Can Save Your Life? Highly recommend. So I, loosely based on Shabbat, or it kind of is Shabbat, I did Oasis Day for like a year before COVID. And now Rob, my partner, does them with me. And what we do is on Sundays, we turn off our phones, we turn off our laptops, and we do whatever the fuck we want. We go to brunch, we walk around. Um, It's absolutely amazing. And what I have found is because of that, like, we can't really make plans with friends. Like, sometimes we do coordinate ahead of time. Like, you have to meet us at our house at 5 p.m., but you cannot text us. Um, but we have to be alone. And so during Oasis Day, when I was single, I was just alone. And I really learned how to, like, go on hikes. But um, but that, like, the ex- it's still planned fun in a way because it's very exciting to yeah. have a day with a phone. It affects you more than you think it would. <laughs> I uh, trust me. You don't have to tell me to spend time alone. Um, I it's my dream. <laughs> it's my dream. Um, <laughs> when I did my human design reading, one of the things that she told me was, "You need hermit time." And I was like, isn't that a bad thing? Like I was, I was conditioned to believe that like wanting to be alone was selfish, fucking rude. Like, you know, all these things that are negative. Um, And she was like, actually, you need hermit time so that you can really, cause I like the, the, um, opposite side of that coin is I also need connection, but only with people who like can match my energy or like fuel my energy. It can't just be anybody. It has to be somebody who I, um, am energized by. So there's definitely people who would not fit that. Like, uh, what am I trying to say? Like they, they would not be the person to, go to for my connection time. (laughs) Um, and so when she told me I was like allowed to be alone and like force myself to tell everybody around me, get the fuck away from me. I'm not coming out of this room. Um, it was transformative because I, I don't know why I felt like I needed to ask or like be told that I could fun time alone but that's that's so funny to me because I have had the opposite problem where I thought I was such a loser like oh I can't even I have to be with other people I can't even be alone and then eventually Mm. my therapist was like seems like if you don't have plans after work you get a little depressed just make plans with your friends and I was like oh that's nice so it's funny. It's like the grass is always greener. Like we think we're a loser no matter what. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. oh, well, our specific needs is nice. 
Yeah. I mean, I used to get tons of alone time back in the day and that has just been demolished as time goes on, you know, and I, I need to reclaim that because if you're, if, if I'm not getting that time, I'm a monster. (laughs) And so I need it. I need to recharge. Um, but when I was, oh gosh, before I had my daughter and we were living in this neighborhood where like, you know, my husband is a very social butterfly. And so he like made friends with the neighbors, um, like in the houses surrounding us. And so they would all hang out in the driveway and just like talk about nothing and just, you know, like he calls it shooting the shit. And I'm like, anyways, so so they would all be doing that. And I would be in my, um, office or whatever, like, you know, I had like a little desk set up and I would just be like farting around on my computer, just doing random stuff. That was like fun for me. And one time, let me tell you one time, one of the neighbors was so offended that I did not come outside and hang out with them that he caused this whole like fuss in like outside. I didn't even know what was happening. I was still inside. I had whatever. Um, he was so offended and took it so personally that I didn't want to go out there and hang that he caused this whole stir, went home, whatever. Husband came in. He was like, that was so weird. I don't know. I don't know. And then he texted a novel to my husband what? saying, your wife is so rude. She won't like, what did she think? She's so much better than us because she, she won't hang out. And like all the, and I was like, I've literally never said any of these things out loud or really thought them. Like, I didn't think I was better than that. I just didn't, I didn't get fueled by that conversation or like by that group. And so You're I just, just chose not to be part of it. I just didn't. That, that, that did not speak to me. Like that was not something that was going to energize me at all. And so I just knew that. And, you know, without knowing the vocabulary for it, I just was like, oh, I'm just going to be inside. That's what I prefer to do. Um, anyway, so the, it offended. I know, I know. But as the, when, when it was happening, I was like, oh, that's so weird. And so then my, so he was like, well, maybe you know, I mean, that guy is fucking weird and just who cares what he thinks, but also like, maybe you could try coming outside and like meeting these people because he really liked them, you know? And so, well, not that one, but he liked the other group. And so he was like, well, you know, maybe you should get to know them a little bit more so that like they know you and all of that. And so it's, (laughs) I felt I, that brought some shame to me because I was just like, am I? by not being out there um you know and then as time went on we that one bananas man was not part of our group anymore they moved away but um the rest of the group like we I did start like you know interacting with them we I would come out of my hole um more often and I'm glad that I did because now I I'm like oh okay they're you know I like I like having conversations with them now, but at the time I knew that that's not what I needed. Like I just, I listened to my 
self and I got shame for it, you know? And, um, looking back, I'm like, Oh my God, why did that? Why did I let that bother me? But yeah, you're absolutely right. It says way more about that cuckoo. cuckoo. Yeah. Well, bothered you because he was questioning your character. Yeah. Which true. It's weird. He doesn't know you, but I, I, I don't really, I, I do not relate to that guy's experience, but I do, I did have to work through like, for example, like if someone texts me and I didn't text them back, it's probably because I don't like them. Not always, but most times because oh. I don't like them. Or if I'm like, you know, or like if someone invited me over for dinner and I was an hour late, I would do that. I would never do that. I would only do that if I fucking hated someone and I, which I would never do. Why so when you, people, yeah. when people do that to me, my brain goes, they must fucking hate you because they are not texting you back. They're showing mm-hmm. up an hour late to the dinner you made them. And I, I had to work through like, pe- turns out people are just different than me. Turns out. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to the like, they didn't text me back like within the day. What, like, are they, do they not plan on ever responding? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and <laughs> you just have to learn your friends. Like I have certain friends where I know I'll, that they will text me back. It'll just be a week. And some friends, I just don't text at all because I know they'll never text me back. You know, like, yes just is yeah. what it is you know yeah I'm I'm that way with not with really texting but I'm that way with like a drink like if I go somewhere to a bar or whatever and I I always say people will be like are you okay do you not like it and I'm like oh no it takes me five to seven business days to finish a drink that's just how I am so <laughs> don't you know it's nothing about that it's just uh I'm just slow. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's the, that is the case for so many people. And we have to remember to just get out of our own stories about like why people are doing, I heard this, um, I heard this woman talking about like, just assume that everything is fine unless someone brings it to your attention directly and say, you know, and says this, this happened and like, I want to talk about it, whatever. Um, because otherwise you spend so much energy being like, Oh God, I said, I said this, like, should I not have? And, and especially I think making new friends as an adult, you can get tripped up on like, she left me on red. (laughs) Did I say the wrong thing? Like what happened that I did wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, instead of just trusting that people have lives outside of their conversations with you. Imagine. I don't like that, but I guess that's a thing. (laughs) No, my big struggle is like like, I'm, I'm an East coast girly. My family's Italian. Mm -hmm. We're from New York. Like we say how we feel as soon as it hits our brain, which is maybe a little too soon. And now I live in the West coast most of the year and like West yeah. Coast folks are very polite and they dance, they, they really dance around it. And I cannot read between the lines. Yes. And I've had so many issues with me being like, well, I don't know that's what they wanted because they said they wanted something different and I took their word for it. Or me being really straightforward and someone else finding it to be very aggressive. 
Mm. And I get, and it's like, I see that it's regional and it makes me fucking crazy. I'm like, I don't know what you want. Mm. Please tell me. You're an adult. I'm an adult. Please tell me what you want. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, it's like, I understand. Like, sometimes dancing around the thing and you're just like, I just need you to tell me what it is that you want because um a lot of people i like recovering people pleasers or current ones um are very uncomfortable with making other people uncomfortable and you know there's like a whole there's obviously so many things um so many rabbit holes about that but yeah i mean it's really it's there are ways i have learned so many ways to just say what you need and like speak what you're speak your truth without the weight of like how that other person is going to perceive it or take it or you know whatever it is that they're going to do in reaction um and that has happened a lot with like setting boundaries i've noticed lately is once you decide to set them you have to be okay with everything getting fucked up because people don't respond well off often they won't respond well um if they're not in a place to like receive a boundary right and like i've but on the flip side of that when you do set one or like when you do say something that feels really true for you and then the other person is like i'm so glad that you i'm so glad that you felt like you could be honest like i've had two times recently where i was supposed to do something with somebody else and then that person was like this doesn't feel right right now. Like something feels weird and I just, we need to stop. And I'm like that. Thank you. Like, thank right. you for saying that. And I'm, I'm so glad that I put, I was able to um, let them feel safe to tell me because I, I would never want somebody to do a project with me that didn't feel 1000% sure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, so speaking of recovering people pleasers, I have a good friend who she has at all times since I've known the years I've known her at all times has been like really overwhelmed and she's saying mm -hmm. yes to things at work and she like she's always busy with like building her career and it's gotten to the point where we had to have a conversation recently. It's not even her career. It's like just big life stuff. And it got to the point recently where I'm like, it seems like you prioritize this really stressful life over our friendship. And like, that's, if that's what you want to do. You don't seem happy to me, but if, that, if that's what you want to do, like go off. And what she expressed to me is what she she's actually not struggling with being overwhelmed as much as she used to. She's learning to spend a lot more time alone, but she doesn't know yet how to express that. So she says, she said in her mind, if she tells me she can't hang out because she has to do a presentation. I'll leave her alone. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's work. But I said, okay, that make to me, that makes it sound like you're just shitty at time management. Like that doesn't sound like you being busy at work does not sound cool to me. It makes you sound like you don't have your shit together. But if you were like, hey, I can't hang out because I just need like some alone time to like meditate on my shit. Like, oh, that sounds amazing. Have fun. Like the energy is so different mm. when it comes from honesty than like trying to like yeah. appease my feelings or impress me. 
Oh, so she was lying about having to do work stuff. Apparently. She actually just was alone. Oh, right. yeah. I, I, okay. So I get that because yeah, some most, I, I think I would venture to say most people who hear I need, need to be alone versus the other option of I need, I like hanging out with a friend that friend would be like, well, oh, what, what did I do wrong? Like, you know, that could definitely be a catalyst for like disaster, but only at first, I think, because then if you have, well, again, that it would tell you more about that friend than, than it would about you. But like, if your friend was like pissed off and offended, then it's like, well, that's on you. That has nothing to do with me. Cause I was honest about how I feel right. or what I need. And also this is once again, like setting boundaries shows you who your friends are. Like if you set a boundary yeah. and your friend reacts poorly, A, it's probably because they don't know how to set their own boundaries. And so they can't believe you would set a boundary with them. And B, like if someone reacts poorly to your boundaries, red flag city, red flag factory, like get the fuck out of there. You know, like it's not cool. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's why... <laughs> that's why I think a lot of people avoid setting boundaries because they don't want to deal with the aftermath. And that's fair because it can take energy or you can just be like, well, this is happening. <laughs> you just move on and like, enjoy your more peaceful life. I don't know. Yeah. I, the hard part for me is when I have to set the same boundary more than once. Like, this oh is yeah. I'm really good at setting boundaries and it wasn't until recently that I learned like sometimes you have to reset the same boundary because people don't get it the first time and that part fucking sucks for me that makes me resentful and I'm trying to just not be resentful (laughs) yeah that's extremely tricky to navigate it's like I've clearly clearly stated this um how many more times do you need you know um I deal with that enough with a child that when you have to do that with an adult, you're like, thought we were past this, you know? Um, (laughs) I don't know. I always, I, I repeat myself with my kids so many times that I'm just like, am I a ghost? (laughs) No, Brene, Brene Brown once said, in regards to children your daughter's age she said Mm. it takes exactly one time of you as a parent like not holding a boundary for your child to then realize oh i can just wear them down every time which sucks i know it really does i realized like working with kids for a few years in a previous life I was like oh this is why moms have like weird insane rules when you're young because sometimes the Mm -hmm. moms will just make a rule in the heat of the moment like you have to sometimes make a split decision of like which way you want to like handle a situation and it might accidentally be a weird rule but like now you have to stick to it and it's just like that for the next 20 years maybe Mm-hmm. because they will remember you can't say stuff just like off the cuff and be like oh yeah we can get ice cream after as long as you buckle in your seatbelt or whatever and then they do it and you're like they'll forget and then a week goes by and they're like last tuesday at 2 p.m you said we could get ice cream we still haven't done it you know and it's just like oh 
Yeah. They're like, I do not really remember my shoes, but I do remember that thing you said about ice cream three months ago. Yeah. I never put my dishes in the sink, but I do recall, let me pull out my calendar. Um, yeah, they have like a journal of every time you said make a good ice cream. So yeah, I, <laughs> um, you have to choose your, choose your words, choose your boundaries, choose your rules very carefully. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we, I mean, I didn't really have like a, an official time frame for this, but we have gone over the one hour. So, um, I love how unstructured and like free range this was, um, this was so fun. I of course love talking to you anytime. Um, but the fact that I get to, you know, bring you to my world, um, and like showcase you is so fun. So I will put all of your amazing, um, linkies that you provided. I'll put those all in here and people can reach out to you and like get their sweet, sweet systems. What was it? Symphony. Symphony Symphony yeah, you know, it is really oh. kind of us for us to just record our conversations because we're funny. <laughs> this is actually a gift. <laughs> yeah, you're you're welcome, world. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I think that is a extremely healthy way to just <laughs> go through life. You're welcome. Um, thank you, and you're welcome. So, okay. I will see you around. I appreciate you for spending this time with me. Thank you so much. And I love you. Thank you, Jennifer. I love you. This episode is sponsored by the Unhinged Biz membership. Now, this is a membership that I created as a spawn to this podcast because I was having so much fun interviewing people about what shouldn't be working but is and what rules they're breaking and how they're making bank while doing things in a way that typically would be considered a little out there. So if you're somebody who is either a brand new business owner or maybe you're like about to launch your business and you're feeling a little bit lost, a little bit, what's my next step? this is for you. If you have been in business for a while and you still feel like you haven't figured it out, like things just are not clicking and you want to know how to create offers, funnels, consistency, clarity, flexibility, freedom, all of those things, this is for you. If you're an established business owner who is now finding yourself at a place where you want to pivot and maybe speak to a different audience or totally, you know, overhaul your offers or pivot your niche, whatever it is, this is for you too. This membership is designed so that no matter how you like to communicate, no matter how you like to get support, no matter how you want to work, you have options and you have the ability to really create a business that you cannot wait to show up for every day without feeling like you have to figure everything out alone. Okay. I'm obsessed with this. I want you to be obsessed with it too, if it feels right for you. So go check it out and I hope to see you inside.